Listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke, your daily Broncos podcast. Broncos rookies got acclimated to the process of being in the National Football League over the weekend with rookie minicamp. We hear from Broncos cornerback Patrick Sertan, and we discuss various positional storylines and will be talking points throughout this entire offseason, all on today's jam packed episode. Lockdown Broncos. From the South Stands to the End Zone, I'm your host as always, Cody Rourke, Senior NFL Analyst and Director of Video Content at Pro Football Network and Broncos Analyst for the Lockdown NFL Network. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL. You can follow the podcast at Lockdown Broncos. Make sure you're subscribed here on the YouTube channel, Lockdown Broncos, for daily exclusive Denver Broncos news, content, and coverage. The podcast in video format as well as on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and the Odyssey app for your daily listening pleasure of the team that you root for on Sundays, five days a week, all year long. Ladies and gentlemen, very excited to be back with you here. Hope you had an amazing weekend. The weather is getting warmer. It's getting brighter in Colorado, and that means that we're one step closer. And for the Broncos, they're one step closer as the rookies reported to the team facility starting on Friday of last week for rookie minicamp. All rookies in attendance, obviously outside of Jonathan Cooper, who had a heart procedure. He should be back into the fold within the next week or so with the Broncos, according to Vic Fangio. But taking a look at the overall perspective of rookie minicamp, this is such a a blessing, I think, for these young players to be able to get back on the field. There wasn't this element last year. Broncos rookies last year, they reported during training camp. They didn't get this rookie minicamp to get acclimated. They had Zoom install meetings with their coaches. But everything right now for these rookies is at a teachable pace. They're going through positional drills. It's all about scheme and terminology. So we're going to hear a lot from Patrick Sertan about what he's doing to embrace this in stride, being on the football field. And that means that Broncos veterans will also soon report two for a mandatory minicamp, part of phase two and phase three of the offseason program. But let's go over our Broncos news and notes to open up today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Now, Friday, Patrick Chiodi and I, we had done a podcast uh, we recorded it Thursday night here on the YouTube channel. You all got a, a chance to be able to see that. But we recorded that after the Broncos signed Bobby Massey to a one-year deal. And then shortly after the podcast had published, Cam Fleming, former offensive tackle for the New York Giants, the Broncos signed him as well. So we got to talk about that in stride. So there's a, a rotation right now of potentially three offensive tackles that the Broncos themselves will go through in training camp. In terms of competition, there's Bobby Massey, there's Cam Fleming, and there's also Calvin Anderson. Now, a lot of people are saying it's really between Massey and Fleming, but that's not the case. Calvin Anderson is very much in the mix there, and he's also one of those swing guys. He could play left tackle. He could play right tackle. So he's going to be a depth option at left behind Garrett Bowles, but he's also going to be in consideration to start at right tackle. So competition will be ongoing throughout the summer. And speaking of the right tackle position, the Broncos finally made their decision on former Offensive tackle Juwan James, they decided they were releasing him over the weekend and they do not intend on paying in the $10.58 million that he was anticipated to make during the 2021 NFL season. It is expected that James will probably file the grievance with the NFLPA, so there is a chance there that he's going to at least have an opportunity to present his case to the NFLPA in the NFL in terms of being able to get that $10.58 million. But Denver, they're not going to pay him. It's unlikely that it's going to be successful. There's a lot of lingo right now. There's a lot of frustration with the NFLPA amongst various players across the National Football League for how they have handled the optics regarding the Jawan James situation and the current advisement 
that players should not report to team facilities for workouts. Obviously, this is going to lead to a flux of players coming back to the team facility, as we saw as well, which leads us into our other news here too on friday we had talked about the fact that deshaun hamilton was on his way out of denver well on friday that day he tore his acl while training away from the team facility we did a feature on this on the youtube channel over the weekend but there is not much of an expectation for deshaun hamilton to be at the team facility to work out when he knows that a release is coming or a trade is coming so there's an interesting opportunity here to see what the Denver Broncos decide to do because they were close to having a deal done to send Deshaun Hamilton elsewhere. Not sure where. The 49ers are one of those teams that were maybe linked in those discussions, but I feel really bad for Deshaun Hamilton. And, and I think that there's a narrative too, and I really want to talk to Broncos fans about this. You know, Deshaun Hamilton's production as a wide receiver in terms of numbers, it didn't get to the point where everybody had hoped it would be. But I don't think anybody can say that he didn't bust his tail for the organization. That he didn't give his all in games. He did. He was one of the Broncos' best blocking wide receivers. He was a grinder. He did things the right way. But unfortunately for him, I think that he struggled with continuity. I think he struggled with just some confidence in himself at times. Now, we saw bits and pieces. He'd get off to slow starts. And then he finished the season off with a very, very strong performance. We saw that and we, and we continued to see that throughout his career as a Bronco. But for me, I'm hoping in, in just in this slide is too, and I get that the NFLPA side of things, the, the ongoing dispute right now between them and the NFL and the player optics of it. I hope that the Broncos at least do right by Deshaun, by maybe even keeping him on injured reserve the entire season. They might be able to do that. He can still get paid. He can go through rehab at the team facility if that is the case. I would love for Denver to be able to do that because obviously he's not going to be signed by any team right now because he tore his ACL. So if you release Deshaun Hamilton, you know what? Yes, it frees up cap space. But the thing that I, I think many people are going to look at, and I think George Payton more than likely will understand this, it's different in comparison to Juwan James. Juwan James opted out of last season. He only played in 63 snaps his first season in Denver. It was evident that they were not going to pay him that price tag. But Deshaun Hamilton is a guy who's done everything the right way inside the organization and off the field as well he's very well loved in that locker room wide receiver coach Zach Gazzani has been very outspoken about that so wishing Deshaun Hamilton the best and hoping that the Broncos here at least keep him on IR this whole season he can rehab come back with a clean bill of health and then get an opportunity to go ball next season for some team but obviously our thoughts and uh, well wishes towards Deshaun Hamilton but Broncos country coming up here in just a moment we're going to get into the conversation regarding some of the storylines of Broncos rookie minicamp linebacker Baron Browning we like the sound of that too and and obviously his on-field work looked nice over the weekend we also hear from Broncos cornerback Patrick Sertan coming up here in just a moment but before we do that I got to tell you about the two sponsors of today's episode Lockdown Broncos that's our good friends over there at Nugenics and Wealthfront starting off with Nugenics Broncos fans listen up Nugenics the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America to get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea, text DRAFT to 231231. And this unique man-boosting formula is powered by testophen, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass. Plus, if you text now, they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermal absolutely free. It's their most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you get back into shape. So text DRAFT to 231231. That's draft to 231-231. Message and data rates may apply. And our good friends over there at Wealthfront. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio, and Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. 
No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on the preferences that you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes that you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can cover more than the annual 0.25% advisory fee. And best of all, it is automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash NFL. All you need is $500 to get started, grow your wealth the easy way, and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash NFL. That's Wealthfront.com slash NFL to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com slash NFL and get started today. On Friday, the Denver Broncos rookie draft class of 2021 outside of Jonathan Cooper, they got acclimated to getting into the NFL, getting ingrained into the process of what it's like to enter the team facility, put on your helmet, your shoulder pads. Well, not necessarily the shoulder pads, but just the helmet, the jersey, and the shorts at this point, obviously due to CBA rules, but getting into the process of working with coaches and figuring out the playbook. Learning that is the most important process for any player as they step into the National Football League, and that's exactly what they did starting on Friday and over the weekend. And some storylines that have come out over the weekend, I think some talking points amongst Broncos fans, offensive lineman Quinn Miners out of Wisconsin, Whitewater Broncos third-round draft selection. He's been working at both guard and center, and this is a good thing to have because that was what Vic Fangio, that's what George Payton said, after they drafted him, he's a guy that can provide depth at multiple positions, which is great. Being able to work guard center, that means that he can play left guard, center, right guard. You want to have a guy that knows the playbook to that sense, and that's that's something that's gonna he's going to have to do. That's going to be a process that Miners has to put in, but he is doing that. He's getting time at center and guard, which has created a little bit of a discussion amongst Broncos country is if he's going to be the starter at center this year for the team. That's not the case. And I know that there was a conversation I saw on Twitter, and I'll get into it here, but it basically said that the Broncos, they did not like Lloyd Cushingberry because they had Matt Hennessy on the board and the Falcons got him. Well, here's the deal. You're going to you're gonna have guys on your board at certain positions, and you can go out there and get them. Yes, they didn't get Matt Hennessy. That's fine. But they went out and they got Lloyd Cushingberry. But just because they drafted Quinn Miners in round number three doesn't mean that they're already looking to replace Cushingberry. Now, let's talk about Cush's rookie season a little bit under the microscope here. Now, in 2021, the thing that stood out to me about Cushingberry is it was a learning process. He had his welcome to the NFL moment very early, and it didn't help that the Broncos' schedule uh, to start off the season was brutal. And he played some tough teams, and Tampa Bay was one of those teams I feel like Kind of put a blueprint out there as to how the opposing teams can attack the Broncos offensively in terms of pass rush. Well, you line up a defensive tackle, head up on the center in a zero technique. You slant him across the face, which focuses. He's got to step down and he's got to crash down with him. Then you send the inside linebacker to that A gap. And if you have two guys attacking the A gap, if you have your other opposite defensive lineman attacking in a three technique where Dalton Reisner would be, well, it leaves that A gap open because he's going to have to focus there, but then he's going to have to adjust. So you would see those delayed blitzes, those dog blitzes as well cross dog is what we call it and that's where we saw a lot of pressure from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers they sacked Broncos quarterbacks nine times in that game that was absolutely brutal and that was a welcome to the NFL rookie moment for Cushenberry so I think for Cush we've talked about it here on the podcast he's got to get stronger but the cerebral part of him is there it's about being able to take that cerebral part make that connection quicker carrying it over obviously getting stronger and being a little bit quicker with reaction and seeing where the defense is coming from that's where Cush can get better and he got better as the season progressed I mean I don't think anybody can look at the film and say okay he was the same guy from week one to week 17 that was not the case he got drastically better as 
the season went on. So that's something to keep an eye on. Now, competition is good. Could there be a competition at center? Possibly. But I would be very surprised if Quinn Miners is even in the running to be able to start as center this year, even next year. I think he's going to be a depth option right now for the team in case something does happen or if performance doesn't improve. Yes, they can throw him in there. So nothing is set in stone yet, but we got to talk about another Bronco. He played quarterback last year for the team. Well, just for one game. That is Kendall Hinton, uh, an undrafted rookie free agent out of Wake Forest last season. We know he played in the game against the Saints, but he's been working at wide receiver. He's had some work at quarterback for the team, but over the rookie minicamp weekend, he was actually working as a defensive back. So this is a storyline I'm eager to follow. My hope is that Kendall Hinton can carve out a role for himself as a special teams guy, whether it be on as a gunner on punt, kickoff, kick return. He's just a guy that's going to do everything. The Broncos social media team had a fun time with it by rolling out the red carpet and pulling out a Friday Night Lights reference like Booby Miles. He could do everything, and he could catch passes, and he could throw passes, too. He could do it all. Uh, so for Kendall Hinton, really hoping to see him. That's going to be a storyline we follow, obviously, this offseason throughout training camp. And then Baron Browning working inside linebacker. The Broncos needing that coverage dynamic. He's getting all of his work there. He said over the weekend in one of his press conferences, he feels very comfortable at inside backer. Now watching him in drills, he's got really quick feet and he's got fluid hips and he's quick reacting. So I think the Broncos might have an option there. Imagine he and Justin Stern it in certain packages. I'm firmly confident in that notion there. We'll have to see, though. But let's take it to Broncos cornerback Patrick Sertan, the Broncos' first-round rookie selection. He met with the media over the weekend as rookie minicamp was ongoing. But one of the questions he was asked about, it, him taking on a little bit of a leadership role as a rookie. How to uh, take that leadership role, try to lead by example, um, you know, giving maximum effort so I could be um, a figure out there that, uh, all the rookies could look at and sort of, you know, just going my way at things, doing the, uh, going through every drill as fast as I can and working hard through it. And he's got a really tremendous mindset, by the way. I mean, he is one of those alpha dog type mentality guys. He's a leader. Um, and I think he's going to really take stride as a rookie this season. And you see the nature sometimes, too, defensively. This, despite the fact he's going to be a rookie, yes, when you come into the locker room, you're going to have to earn that respect from your teammates. You're going to have to earn the right to be able to have that voice. But he's got that blue chip mentality. I don't think it's going to take him long to be able to get acclimated. Now, one of the things he's already doing as a rookie is he's learning not just cornerback, but he's learning every position on the defense from the defensive side of things. He wants to know how Vic Fangio's defense is going to work. I try to do, I try to learn the whole defense right now. I'm trying to understand what the safeties do, the nickels and the corners do. So when I'm on the field, I'm confident so I can know everybody roles. And of course, if I would be put in that position, I would be very comfortable. So, you know, I'm doing that right now. And that'll benefit him too, being able to know how the other working parts of Vic Fangio's defense, how, how they intertwine with each other and interact and how they change contingent upon formation is going to be huge because as an outside cornerback, you need to know where your safety is behind you over the top. You need to know that if there's a certain formation that comes out to your side, if it rolls out, if there's twins and there's a motion to trips to your side, obviously it's going to change everything. The safety is going to roll down. Your other safety is going to drop back towards the middle of the field. That's just how Vic's defense works, and you have to know how to align. Now, it's very similar to what he played at Alabama, but when he was drafted, there was a lot of talk amongst media members. He was also asked, you know, what are your thoughts on uh, the, the crowd that was so vocal about the team needing to draft a quarterback what are Patrick Sertan's thoughts on the notion that the team selected him rather than going quarterback? I heard it before, but, you know, I try to cancel all that noise. Uh, you know, I just got to go out there and compete and make them think wrong. What a, what a way to do it, right? If he goes out and he balls out, and we know that the Broncos had that issue with not generating too many takeaways, or even the last couple of years, if he goes as a rookie, gets five interceptions, six interceptions, 
they're going to look really damn good because of that. And I think that you'll take that over anything, right? Because he could be one of those players that can turn defense and offense. He can score from the defensive side of the ball. Now, what a better way to learn the Broncos defensive system. Has he been interacting with any of the DBs that are currently in the Broncos locker room? Well, he's been talking to a couple of players. Justin Simmons, um, Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson, you know, those guys, uh, you know, the old heads, the vets. Uh, so I could get like a little perspective on what to do around here on, you know, the defense and stuff like that. And Kareem Jackson used to play cornerback at Alabama as well. So the Bama ties, those two are going to be really well connected. Kareem Jackson's been a very valuable mentor for the entire Broncos DB locker room. He's back on a one-year deal. So really excited to see how things play out for the Broncos secondary this upcoming season. On paper, they have a really talented unit. We'll see if they can carry that over and if it could lead to some success in terms of the defense being a top-ranked defense, a scoring defense. That would be nice to see from the Broncos as well, and it's going to be led by Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson, and Patrick Sertan is going to have a big impact on how that unit does this upcoming season. But Broncos country, coming up here in just a moment, we're going to get into a conversation regarding some of the positional storylines we're going to follow throughout this entire offseason here. Lockdown Broncos leading up into training camp where we'll be there to provide you with coverage as well. But before we do that, I got to tell you about the other sponsor of today's episode, the show that's a good friends over there, betonline.ag. And BetOnline is the easiest and fastest way to bet on all of your sports action. With the MLB season, baseball season in full swing, you can track all the action at BetOnline, and you get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC and MMA action. So before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. The NBA playoffs begin this weekend. You want to be in on all the action at BetOnline. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code LOCKEDON. That's one word, LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Broncos country, getting into the fourth quarter action of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Just a reminder, the Nuggets have wrapped up their NBA regular season. The NBA playoffs are coming up, and you've got to check out Adam Mattis and Matt Moore of Lockdown Nuggets for your daily pick and roll action on all things Denver Nuggets related, especially as the playoffs begin this upcoming weekend for them. So getting into our conversation now, positional storylines, we're obviously going to be following throughout this offseason leading up into training camp, into the preseason. We'll have some clarity on some of the positions we have a lot of ambiguity on right now leading up to the NFL regular season kickoff against the New York Giants. Evidently, the Broncos quarterback competition between Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke is going to be under the microscope. I think everybody is going to be focusing on it. I'm going to try to not focus on it as much as the hashtag narrative of a training camp competition will be. Yes, it'll be the prime story for this team, but you're not going to just open up this podcast every single day and it's going to be quarterback this, quarterback that, quarterback this. I, I, that's not my nature. we got to talk about the entire team. Yes, quarterback is such an important position. It's absolutely critical for the Denver Broncos if they hope to be successful in the near future and for years to come. That's going to be a big part of it, but the team is also important as well. So while some other podcasts out there and some other conversations are really just quarterback-centric, we focus on the whole team here, Lockdown Broncos. So obviously the 50-50 split between he and Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke, um, that's going to be key. Now with the Broncos making a move at quarterback, obviously that's going to be something we'll talk about. But in terms of quarterback competition, I saw something this week and it, it, just the narratives that we continue to see that people pick and choose and continue to be negative about. 
uh, there was a conversation that said, why are the Broncos in a 50-50, a true 50-50 quarterback split when Drew needs all the reps? Well, here's the deal. In training camp last year, Drew Locke got every single first-team rep. There was no quarterback competition. Jeff Driscoll was not even in the conversation of being a guy to push Drew Locke to be the starter. So Drew Locke last year in training camp got every single first-team rep. There was nobody at his heels chomping at the bit to be able to push him. Drew could make mistakes in that practice, and there was not going to be any concern as to whether or not he would be the starter week one. This different now. Now, when we talk about 50-50, we've, we've said it here on the show, each quarterback is going to get the same amount of reps, the same number of reps. Nobody's losing reps or anything. Everyone's going to get the same amount of number, the same sample size, and whoever does better, whoever's more efficient, and whoever leads the team best, they're going to be given the starting position week one. So there's so much narrative that we tend to look at in, in terms of that. And the one we're seeing is, well, Drew Locke's not going to get all the reps he needs. He's going to get plenty of reps. The Broncos are going to make sure of that because it was an investment they made in the NFL draft with him. Being a second-round pick, they're not going to give up on that investment just yet. They're going to give him every opportunity, and he's going to have to do whatever he can with the reps he's going to get. Same thing with Teddy Bridgewater. So it's going to be an equal quarterback competition uh, between those two. So that, that's it. That's all we're going to focus on there. But we know the Deshaun Hamilton news. He's out for the whole entire year. Who knows what the Broncos are going to do with him, but it was evident that they were planning on 2021 without Deshaun Hamilton. They were looking to trade him or waive him. Uh, so obviously that leads to an opportunity for another player on the roster to rise up, and that is Tyree Cleveland. Corlin Sutton's back. Tim Patrick's back. Jerry Judy entering year number two. K.J. Hamler trying to stay healthy this upcoming season. Those guys are going to be in a fresh rotation in terms of personnel throughout this upcoming season. But the issue at hand that we have to take a look at, who's that other guy? Tyree Cleveland last year in a small sample size was very impressive for me. If we go back to that final regular season game against the Las Vegas Raiders in that first half, it was the Tyree Cleveland show. Drew Locke went to him consistently and went to him a little bit too much, especially on fourth down. The team, the, the Raiders defense knew it was coming, so they were able to get some stops. But I was super impressed with Cleveland as he went out throughout the season, especially being a seventh-round draft pick uh, from Florida. The Broncos are going to find a way to use him. He's going to be a key special teams player for them, but he's also going to be in the wide receiver rotation role. Coach Zach Azani is going to get him right to be able to contribute at that level. It looks like he's going to move up and take the spot where Deshaun Hamilton was, which means that Seth Williams, wide receiver out of Auburn that the team drafted this year, he's going to get an opportunity to learn from that Tyree Cleveland role. So he's going to play special teams as well this upcoming season. So that's going to be one of the storylines we follow. The other one is going to be, is there really going to be any competition for running back too? I mean, right now when I watch some rookie mini camp footage, Javante Williams, he does this thing, you know, he's got the, the footwork, he's got the fundamental ability. I mean, no discounting that, but he also covers the nose of the football high and tight. You know, I used to coach running backs and that was always the key point. I always told my backs, it didn't matter if you could run a 4-4-40. It didn't matter if you're the fastest guy, but if you can't protect the football, it's going to be an issue. And I see that early on developing good habits. Curtis Monkins obviously instilling that in the running back room, covering that nose of the football high and tight. That way, if you bring it out here and you still have the nose protected, it's not going to be in danger. You want to hold it here. If you come out right here, guess what? That's where the Charles Tillmans, the Michael Ojemunis, they come out and they punch it out, and then it leads to a fumble. Ball security is the most important thing for a running back, so he's working on that. But is it really going to be any competition for him in terms of running back, too? I believe Mike Boone's going to be in a little bit, but I think right now, based on the Broncos' position of getting Javante Williams, Pookie, that's his nickname, and you're going to hear a lot of references to Pookie throughout the year. 
Hashtag feed Javante from Candace Cooper, one of the hosts of the Locked On ACC podcast who covered North Carolina, said that Pookie is one of those guys that you feed him the ball, you need one yards, you need two yards, three yards, he's going to be able to get that. Denver didn't have that dynamic last year. I really do believe Melvin Gordon's going to have the opportunity to be running back one, obviously on paper due to his salary, but if – Javante Williams is playing really well in training camp to a point, or even during the, the preseason, the NFL regular season, to the point that it's really hard to ignore his production. If it's good, could we see him overtake Melvin Gordon throughout the season? I'm going to be keeping my eye on that all throughout this offseason training camp. What about Royce Freeman? What's his role going to be? I mean, there's a chance he could be waived after training camp. He could be cut. But then again, just the writing's on the wall. With the Mike Boone signing, it's really hard to see a guy like Royce Freeman sticking on the roster this year unless – Something really happens. He becomes the running back two, and then you have Javante Williams being running back three. I don't know how it's going to formulate for the Broncos, but it's going to be something I keep my eye on. And then the last thing we're going to keep an eye on here on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, the linebacker lineups. Alexander Johnson, Josie Jewell, more than likely going to be the starters in the Broncos' base package. But when things get dicey and they need a pass coverage dynamic package, I think we can see Baron Browning, Alexander Johnson. We can see Baron Browning and Justin Sternid. Vic Fangio's got a whole lot of pieces he can work with. What type of lineup will we see from the Broncos the most at linebacker this upcoming season? Broncos country, I'm eager for your thoughts on what you would like to see. Let me know in the comment section down below here on YouTube, or if you're on Twitter, listen to this podcast on your favorite podcast provider. Shoot me a tweet at Cody Work NFL at Lockdown Broncos with your thoughts and your discussion on the subject matter at hand. But Broncos country, that will do it for today's episode. Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network. You can get this show every single day here on YouTube, five days a week, and also your favorite podcast provider. But with that said, tomorrow's episode is Twitter Tuesday. So Broncos country, if any of you have any questions that you want answered related to the Denver Broncos rookie minicamp, any storylines coming up, shoot me a tweet at Cody Rourke NFL. I'll post the tweet on Twitter and I'll share some of the best responses and I'll obviously answer it and feature you here up on the YouTube channel on tomorrow's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Until next time, I'm Cody Rourke, host of the show. We'll see you tomorrow.